What is new in the challenges of contemporary Mormon polygamy? We'll talk about that next on Polygamy. What love is this? We welcome you to our discussion on polygamy. This time we have a special guest who has recently become active in efforts to bring truth up against the deceit of polygamy Joseph Smith style. Angela Kelly is the new director of Sound Choices Coalition, a Utah nonprofit organization which is dedicated to raising awareness and working to end the damaging practices associated with polygamous cultures. Prior to her position with Sound Choices Coalition, Angela served as a volunteer events coordinator for Operation Underground Railroad for three years. The social causes she is most passionate about are children's rights, child abuse, trafficking, domestic violence, and polygamy. Her interest in polygamy stems from her upbringing in the mainstream LDS church. And towards the end of 2017, she decided she really wanted to get involved with a charity that was more specific to Utah. This led her to eventually meeting Brielle Decker and Roy Jeffs. No amount of research could have prepared her for the realities of what polygamous cultures are like, except for talking to real people who lived it and left. So I would like to uh, introduce and welcome our special guest, Angela Kelly. Thank you. Thank Doris. you, Angela, for coming. You're welcome. Sharing. And we have contact information that if people want to get a hold of you, uh, we put it up on the screen and they can contact you if they want to get involved. Mm -hmm. Yes, for or sure. Or have questions or concerns or anything like anything, that. Anything, anything they want. Anything yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Now, um, Bria, um, you mentioned Brielle Decker. Um, we have been involved with her quite a bit through these past few years. And Roy Jeffs, you said that their story touched you deeply. What were you unprepared for? You oh said my goodness. That, that specifically with her and his story. Well, so having been raised in the mainstream church, um, I was aware of polygamy, right? Like on a very, like very basic level. Right. Polygamy is only having more than one wife. That's it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for a while I lived down in St. George. I'm not from Utah, but I lived um, I lived down in St. George in 1997, 98. And so there were, we saw people from the FLDS. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and in my mind, I really, truly thought, well, they must want to live it. They must want to be there. Like it, but I didn't... I didn't know what that entailed. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe they had stricter rules. Maybe they had like, you know, followed all the main rules, but then just had more. Mm -hmm. Like they lived polygamy. So not only did they share their spouse, but they wore the different clothes <clears throat> and probably homeschooled their kids. But I really didn't think beyond that yeah. at all. Yeah. My mind just didn't go there. And I think that that's typical of mm -hmm. most people. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think so many of us are caught up in our own lives. Like, I was busy. I had three children in three years. And so I was a busy young mom, you know. So even though I did see... You probably didn't realize there were tens of thousands of polygamists either. No idea. Actually Definitely in, no. Yeah. Had no idea how many or... Or even what the reality of it was, mm -hmm. right? Like, what, what does it really mean when you're living polygamy in any... And I actually don't even think I knew... Like that there was FLDS and AUB in Kingston. Right. I don't I'm, even think I knew that. That's typical as well. 
yeah, because yeah. you're just not in Mormonism in the mainstream church. Nowhere are you learning about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, like, how how would you know? How would you know? How would you know? So I like I like how you introduced this because no amount of even reading anything could have prepared me for when I spoke with Brielle and with Roy. And when you got the real down-to-earth mm -hmm. story. Even so much so that, you know, I've read a lot of books of people who have left. Even those, as good as they are and as powerful as they are, mm -hmm. can't prepare you for sitting across the table from someone who's mm -hmm. lived it. Mm -hmm. and, and hearing their story as they told it. And seeing the emotion and and sometimes tell, retelling your story can bring you to tears or bring you into a different type of an emotional um, challenge with them. Uh, so you were raised LDS, but you did not realize the the uh, reality of Section 132 by... <laughs> ah. No, I mean, not at all. I mean, so this was another thing that, that I've thought about recently. I mean, DNC Section 132 today and in all of my upbringing in the church was separated into like, we have current temple marriage and then the other part is about polygamy. I didn't know until I did in-depth research mm -hmm. that DNC 132 was always about polygamy. Always about but polygamy. it's actually not that hard to figure out because it says it right in, it the, says it. Right in the opening paragraph that mm -hmm. this was in response. And mm -hmm. that always confused me actually because I, I was, uh, when I was active in Mormonism, I was Gospel Doctrine teacher and Relief Society teacher. Mm -hmm. I, ta I, I studied all these things, and I actually grew up with Journal of Discourses in our, in our house. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When I would read over those things and like mention it to my mom, I'd be like, what, what do you think about this? Oh, well, you know, that was a long that time was ago. Then. And, you know, it's, it's easy to brush stuff like that away. It very, very, very mm -hmm. much so, and, and there's thousands of people who do. Yeah. So now you're the director of Sound Choices Coalition, which was started by Kristen Decker. She's been yes. on our show, actually, a couple of times, and we reviewed her book and talked about her experience as well. Uh, why are you taking the helm? She was the director, mm -hmm. now you are. Why Why are you taking the helm of, of um, a Sound Choices Coalition, and what, uh, what do you want to accomplish, and what's your strategy? Hmm. Well, um, really what, start, what made me want to be more and more involved in this issue is there are, there are a lot of organizations that are talking about this now, mm -hmm. more so than, say, 10 or 15 yes, years ago, right? Absolutely. There are more, and there are some great ones. But in, in my mind, um, the, the more I learned about how awful it really is, like, w when you ask the question, okay, are people leaving these groups because they heard there was some freedom out here? Why are they leaving? Did someone tell them there was a better life? No, that's not the answer that you get. Mm. The answer that you get is they would rather die. They would. They, these are people that are leaving everything, not mm -hmm. just their religion, their entire community, exactly. their family, their friends. Surely it's because they, someone told them they were oppressed, right? But that's not the answer. That isn't it. That's not the answer at all. And so in my mind... I just had to be involved somehow. Mm -hmm. Like, how could I? I mean, you know, so Kristen and I became friends really, really. Um, she's an incredible lady. I can't mm -hmm. say enough good about her. Yeah. I, and I really don't want to cry on this show, so I'm going to try not to. <laughs> but I really think um, we were just meant to know each other. Kristen and I really have connected on many levels. And um, I can see now her frustration um, on 
the state of things mm -hmm. in Utah with polygamy. Mm -hmm. So many people don't know what's going on. And so we were talking one day and she just said, yeah, I'm just really ready to just like be done with it. It's mm. just, it's so difficult and nobody wants to listen and how many people have to tell their stories. So and, many challenges. And I was like, wait a minute, like you can't do that. Like, <laughs> because the other organizations like what you're doing and some others are doing great things, but Sound Choices Coalition is specifically dedicated to calling it out black and white, this is horrible, and being actively involved being in legislation, mm -hmm. in the legislation, which is so important. That's and I was like, it. you can't, like, Kristen, you can't. And she goes, well, if I could find someone to do it. And I go, okay, I'll do it. Like, I mean, I, I wasn't jumping up and down, and I didn't know. Oh, I think know. it's a perfect part I mean, for you. I yeah, think it's it, great. The more I've learned about it, the, and the more excited I get. We were talking earlier, as as you are moving into being the director, we were talking about uh, the, the new logo that you're coming mm -hmm. up with, and you explained liberty. Part of the logo is it has liberty, Lady mm -hmm. Liberty in there. Explain what liberty means. That is so profound. This is fascinating. So in my research for a new logo, I, I really wanted a woman on there. Um, and it led me to this study of liberty. Now, the whole idea of liberty is coming from the Roman and the Greek mm -hmm. goddess, liberty. Mm -hmm. um, but as I studied it, I realized that liberty, when you, when you read the Declaration of Independence, it says, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It doesn't say freedom in there. Right. And I was like, well, why doesn't it say freedom in there? That's interesting. Because at the same time of coming up with this new logo design, I was trying to think of what's a one word that we can use in our swag that we want to have, like T-shirts and just stuff that we can, you know, for branding, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted a word like freedom, but I didn't want to use freedom because freedom is used a lot. Mm -hmm. And so as I researched liberty, I realized they're totally different, which it's just, to me, I feel dumb, but it's also really cool. So... You can actually live in a free country, like we do. Right. In Utah, we are mm -hmm. free in Utah. But you can live in a free country and not have liberty. And the reason why is because liberty is being free from oppression. And so when, when you really study these polygamous groups that's based on DNC 132, there's no freedom there. No, but the right. reason why, the reason why there's no freedom, you can't say freedom, it's too big, is that there's no liberty. They live in a free country. They live in a free state. They, yes, they could walk away, right? Everyone says mm -hmm. that. Well, they could leave. They could, yeah. they, people say that with domestic violence, yeah. too. Well, they could leave. Yeah. But they're oppressed. They're oppressed in their community, in their religious community. Right. So there's no liberty. There's no liberty. So, yeah, that's the new... She's the highlight in the new logo. It's this female personification and, 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 and of liberty. And that is beautiful because that's exactly what, that precisely explains uh, what is going on with the people in polygamy groups. And, and it doesn't just have to be a woman, although most of the time it right. is a woman. It right. can also be the male. The male uh, species is also brainwashed as they right. grow up definitely. in the polygamy group. Definitely. But, you know, girls are pretty to look at. And so. the, the, the girls are, are more, more mm. into the slavery and the oppression, of course, than the boys are. Right. Um, <clears throat> some of what we're going to talk about is are uh, taken from what you've posted on Facebook as the as doing this research mm -hmm. on different aspects of Mormonism and Mormon polygamy, and um, some of them re reflect the shock that you have come in some of the situations that you've come about. Not only about the early Mormon polygamy and how they treated females, but the treatment of females and children in today's polygamy groups. So we're going to develop some of these as we okay. go. 
the first one was uh, a post that you made uh, on the topic of Joseph Smith and John Bennett, who were bosom buddies. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bennett actually became part of Joseph Smith's inner circle at first, mm -hmm. as it was, as it ended up being. And we're not going to go into all of the details of all of that. That's too long. There's right. just one thing I want to talk about. It's some, a page that you posted from a book um, entitled A True Origin of Mormon Polygamy by Charles A. Shook, which indicated that John Bennett referred Joseph Smith's plural wives to an abortionist. So, very quickly, the LDS deny that Joseph Smith had sex with his wives, but the Book of Mor or the Doctrine and Covenants, say, no, the Book of Mormon says the only reason you can live polygamy is to have righteous seed. Right. So that's contradictory. That's a problem there. Our critics always. Well, it even says it in DNC 132 as well. To, have the, to, to raise up it's righteous, seed. righteous seed. Mm -hmm. right. So the problem is um, our critics will say, well, where are all his children? Mm -hmm. If he had sex with them, where's the children? So in the page you referred to, John Bennett introduced the answer, which was a long instrument to produce abortions with Joseph Smith's ladies. And we have a quote from page 131 of that book. Yeah, I'll read it. Okay. Um, Thank you. This was this was fascinating to me to discover this because, of course, everyone asks this question: mm -hmm. Where are all the children? Yeah. Um, so when I read it, I was like, "Well, it makes perfect sense to me." Okay. Quote: While giving Bennett his book, I observed that he held something in the left sleeve of his coat. Bennett smiled and said, "Oh, a little job for Joseph. One of his women is in trouble." Saying this, he took the thing out of his left sleeve. It was a pretty long instrument of a kind I had never seen before. It seemed to be of steel and was crooked at one end. I heard afterwards that the operation had been performed, that the woman was very sick, and that Joseph was very much afraid that she might die, but she recovered. So I wanted to talk about abortion mm. in early Mormonism for a long time, but there's very little information. This is the only thing the, I've found on I it. I have found maybe one or two other little, mm -hmm. just a little small snippet. So not enough to really get a lot of information, but it makes sense since there is not even the DNA testing. They haven't found a lot of them. But it would be logical if he had 33 plural wives. He did have sex with those wives because the women said they did. Right. Uh, where are all the children? Right. So that's a, that's a good thing to, for our viewers even to maybe research themselves. Yeah. Which yep. is what we always want them to do. That book you can find online. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can read the whole thing. I downloaded it mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. um, then on December 4th, <clears throat> a couple of months ago, you posted... A brief information about a lady from the All Red Group, Nicole Van Tassel. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And we had her on the, the a couple of shows previous to this one, so her interview will be, uh, has been coming out. And she said her polygamist husband beat her up for 40 minutes, and he was charged with six felonies, and they were all dropped and all of that. But you mentioned in your post, we've told her story in, mm -hmm. in the other show, so we don't need, okay. need to do that now, but you mentioned the sexual crime rate in Utah versus the national rate. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the, the, it's six times more prevalent and more likely in Utah? Yes. Than the rest yes. of the nation? Than the more, rest of the country. Even, even more than South Africa, you said. Now, this is, this is in polygamy, right? Is that the one? Yeah, the polygamous communities in Utah are at a, oh, yes. at a crisis mm -hmm. level, the rate of yeah. sexual assault. Yes, because it's 75%. In the polygamy the people, communities. The, the people leaving that have left polygamy are reporting at oh. 75%. Now, what's really shocking about that is... You know what? It's higher than that with the people I deal with. Well, that's the thing. The rate is always higher. Yeah. That's why 
that's why when people do report, you need to take it seriously. Yeah. Because authorities know that for every person that reports, there's 10 more that don't. That don't. Mm -hmm. Right. So we have 75% reporting sexual assault within these groups. Mm-hmm. Just that by itself is shocking. But yeah, then we just did the math. They're six times more likely than the national rate, 5.3 times more likely than the Utah rate, and more than twice as likely than the worst country in the world. In South Africa, it's 30% wow. reporting. Wow. So That should shame Utah, don't you think? Extremely, yes. And, you know, it's, it's not totally surprising when you study how polygamy works which we'll talk about later when we are talking about the power and control. And mm -hmm. the, it, it, it's almost like it's, it shouldn't be a surprise that there's that much abuse when you see how polygamy operates. Right, exactly. Right? And of course, I was born it's and not, raised in polygamy, so right. I, I do know how it operates. Right. And it's worse now than it was when I was in it. Right. It is. It's not, when you read DNC 132, which are the rules of how this relationship is going to work, when you realize that that entire section is about power and control, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be a surprise right. that there is that much abuse. Exactly. Abuse stems from power and control. From power and control, exactly It's right. not a section about love or loving in any way. So, um, yeah, Utah should be ashamed. They, Absolutely. They should be. But, and we talked about this a little earlier. When somebody hears, thus saith the Lord, which mm -hmm. Joseph Smith used a lot, polygamy groups use it a lot. There are people out there who really want to please God. So when they hear somebody say, God said, they will do what that person said God said, and they don't ever check it out to find out if it's really coming from God. And that's where right. they, and they know that they can brainwash and hold people hostage to that, which is precisely what Joseph Smith did. Yep. Um, which is something that Brigham Young did. I have a quote uh, from um, something that Brigham Young said um, about pulling the wool over people's eyes. Mm -hmm. Let's quote that. Okay. It shows you the it shows you the mindset they had, and they had the same mindset. Same today. mindset. Says one church publication boasted that the manifesto had been given to subvert the cunning of the devil and buy time for the saints, perhaps fulfilling Brigham Young's reported declaration that, quote, we shall pull the wool over the eyes of the American people and make them swallow Mormonism, polygamy and all, and that's in the Millennial Star, which you can also read online. Which, exactly, mm -hmm. which brings us to um, the page 52 of a book entitled, this is another one that you come yeah, across I'm, and you send. I'm finding all these really cool stuff. I like it that you read it and you want to talk about it. Oh yeah, it's, it's good stuff. But it's a book entitled, um, it's written in 1887, mm -hmm. uh, entitled Utah Statehood, Reasons Why It Should mm -hmm. Not Be Granted, why, this, why Utah Should Not Be Granted a State. It's got some very mm -hmm. good reasons in there. So let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about maybe the first five points of that, um, uh, uh, why they knew that polygamy should not or that Utah should not be a state mm -hmm. based on that they were supposed to give up polygamy before they could right yeah right. this this document was fascinating to find mm -hmm. and, and really some of the most fascinating research re research that I've done has to do with these type of documents mm -hmm. this this is why Utah should not become a state I mean I, I also read um, the congressional records back then just what was the talk around polygamy at the time? Mm, yeah. It is totally nothing like what I was taught growing up. Yeah, for what sure. I was Have you read the smoot hearings? Was, 
Yes. Oh, that's yeah. another one. And, you know, what I was taught was, oh, Mormons were persecuted because of what we believed, because we had a new revelation, because he saw an angel, because mm -hmm. he had gold plates. That's none not of that, None of that is that's true. That's not true. None of it's true. Nope. In fact, when you read those congressional hearings, the, the men in there that are speaking are very compassionate towards the people themselves in mm -hmm. Utah in saying, mm -hmm. how do we help them see that this isn't right, like this is bad, this is bad stuff, you know? So this is one, one of those really fun documents, this one. Um, yeah, so a couple of the reasons why they, just read a couple of yeah, them that okay. kind of hit you. So um, the so-called revelation on polygamy stands yet unrepealed by any authority from the church. It is therefore as binding as ever upon the whole Mormon people. So that's just referring to the fact that DNC 132 is still canonized in right. Scripture. It, it's still doctrine. Writing a manifesto didn't take out the doctrine. And it wasn't, the manifesto wasn't even a revelation. Right. It was a declaration. To whom it may concern. Right. Yeah, <laughs> which was very, I mean, seriously, yeah. Uh, second one here. Uh, up to the very meeting of this constitutional convention, men brought before the courts refused to promise to obey the laws against polygamy and are yet being arrested for the same crime and yet refusing to obey. And that was the point that that um, I think would have been the background for what you said. Now we know why Utah still doesn't prosecute yes. polygamists because the, they've never, they never refuted it. They never gave it It's still it in the doctrine. It's still in the doctrine mm -hmm. and they still believe they're gonna live it someday. Yeah, that's part of it. Another part of it is that, that the way the law was written was very conniving. <laughs> yes. um, if they really meant it, they would have specified patriarchal polygamy. Well, the thing is, it is there, and it mm -hmm. is in the state constitution mm -hmm. that is forbidden forever. Right. And we're still not following the constitution in our state because of that. Right. Uh, there's, there's, there's more to that, but we'll yeah. let our, our viewers find out more about it. Yeah. For the few minutes that we have left, mm -hmm. I want to get into the primer because that's something that okay. you ha have worked with and worked on. And explain what the primer is, and then we want to talk about the graph that you made up with inserting the doctrine and Covenants 132 specifications. Mm -hmm. So what, tell us, explain what the primer is and what you've done with this graph. Well, I mean, you probably, I think, know more about the history of the primer, but the primer, from what I know, is a document that the state of Utah published to um, portray, basically, I mean, it was trying to help, it was published for, like, DCFS, police departments, people mm -hmm. working with polygamous communities. It was, like, to help them understand the culture. Mm -hmm. But really what they were really trying to do was try to make these polygamous communities appear like everyone else. Like, it, like they were okay, right. exactly. Right, and that's what's wrong with it, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. But uh, what's really funny is this this here, this uh, this wheel here. Okay. When I came across that part in the primer, I'd already read it several times before I discovered this part. Mm -hmm. But I was rereading this wheel, and it's called the Duluth model, I believe. And as I was reading it, so this model, they've decided, you know, that abuse is not like on a level like this. It's really like a wheel. And there's things within the spokes that that make the wheel go round, mm -hmm. right? And those things are coercion. Well, actually, if we look at the original wheel, it's, they don't have spiritual abuse, but they have coercion, emotional abuse, isolation, minimizing, denying. Mm -hmm. What the primer did was, the primer, because they were trying to make polygamous communities look like everyone else, said, oh, well, we'll take that wheel 
and we'll put in what abuse might look like in a polygamous culture, because it's very different. You have multiple wives, you right. have lots of children, and you have this authority, this priesthood authority. But as I read it, I was like, wait a minute, I think we could just put DNC 132 right in here. And very wisely. And, I, and uh -huh. I didn't know that it would work 100%. <laughs> I was just doing it. And, yeah. and But as I was doing it, I was like, no way. Yeah. This is, it was shocking even to me. And it was shocking to me mm -hmm. when I read what you have done because it's so true. It yeah. is so right on. So it's, it's essentially showing, when you, if you guys would like to look it up, um, that since DNC 132 is the instructions, it actually says that in the very opening, that these are the terms and conditions. That's the words it uses in DNC 132. The terms and conditions set forth for this, which is interesting that they even use those words. In the introduction. It is, isn't it? So if DNC 132 is the terms and conditions on how polygamy should operate, then let's put those terms and conditions inside of this wheel and see what that looks like. Uh -huh. And it looks like coercion, intimidation, threats, using children, even the using children one was in there. Uh, minimizing, denying, and blaming, isolation, emotional abuse, it's full it's all there. of every one of those things. And it, it'd be nice if we could help people understand that. Uh, it would be. It would be very nice if we could do that. And if we could find, you know, I'm sure there's people who need to know it. Would they, uh, but would they listen? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I think so a, lot of people were, a lot of people are able to see this because when you read DNC 132, it's appalling. It is. Right? It is it appalling. Is. For anyone that actually reads it from verse 1 to verse 64, mm -hmm. by the end, you should be sick, especially and in today's world. If, in today's world. If a person wants to read it and reread it, um, go to it with the idea mm -hmm. that this was the revelation on polygamy. Right. That only Joseph polygamy. Smith, mm -hmm. Right. Only polygamy that Joseph Smith claimed God gave him. Right. And when you come to it, because that's exactly how, why it was given, right. then you can see all of this in there, all of that. Right. And God's threat, Joseph Smith threatening Emma, God will destroy you if you do not allow me to have 10 virgins, and on and right. on it goes. Uh, it, so it's it just helpful to have it in a, in a graph. I think our brains operate really well when we see things when in pictures put... rather than words. And so that's what's so powerful with this mm -hmm. graphic is mm -hmm. that it puts it in a picture for our mind to be able to see easier. Like now we don't have to say, oh, yeah, that, that one verse, that's really bad. Um, let's look at the whole yeah, thing. The whole thing. It's really thing. bad. Yeah. Very bad. Yeah. Uh, now, the primer was, was published when Mark Shirtliff was attorney general, and they, the legislature, the, the, the people that were coming up against polygamy uh, had petitioned the legislature for better help, you know. And, right. And so they agreed to give $750,000 to help victims of polygamy, and it ended up being helping the pro-polygamists, not the victims that really needed Primer was part of that. It came out of part of that. Yeah, what the I mean, what the primer did was, from what I can tell, horrible. It didn't help. Mm -hmm. it, it didn't help. I mean, be because the pro-polygamists manipulated it right. so well. They did. They, they did. They manipulated it so well. And I went to a couple of those meetings mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of um, uh, of this $750,000 grant, and I went to a couple of them, one of them up here, one of them down in St. George, and it you know, you don't go in there and say anything against polygamy or you're banned. I'm telling you, it was not a good place to go. Well, hopefully we can show them this updated I hope wheel so. Because this is plain as day. And I think, I think really with the Me Too movement this past year, mm -hmm. you know, people with social media and with the way things are, with the way communication is today, 
we're able to call things out unlike never before. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I mean, it won't surprise doing. me. It won't that's surprise me if people do still read it and say, well, it was still, because you have that, like you said earlier, it came from God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think if you, if you, Drop the scales. You just drop everything. Pretend like you don't have anything there, and you read right, it. Right. Do it. Do it that way. And, and l l the the it comes from God, really. Mm -hmm. That that would be my question well, to anybody. Is God really like this? Right. No. If if, no. if well, and that's the thing. That's interesting, right? You could say, well, maybe that's your God, but the God of the Bible, and right. the, and, uh, and I think whatever perception of. God that most people would prefer to have, which is a God of love. Mm -hmm. um, they're two totally different. Even the polygamist will say uh, mm -hmm. uh, that he's a God of love, but his love is earned mm -hmm. by living polygamy, and then he'll love them. But they can lose that love. We talked about that before, right. too. They right. can earn it. They can lose it as well. Right. And that's not the God of the Bible. Well, I don't think, if we're going by the Bible, I don't think that if you really read it, that it says that God is like this. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that goes back to what you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, I think organizations like these polygamous communities are are in, are run by people that know that most people aren't going to look That's right. For they, know. they know they can, God said, and they're what, not going to check it out. Yeah, what does the Bible really say? Yeah. For example. Well, we're out of time for this time. Uh, we are going to do a second part with Angela. She's full of information, and uh, I just love talking these things over with you. So mm -hmm. we're going to come back and do part two of this discussion with Angela. So we would like to invite you to come back and watch us next time as we discuss her position and what she's doing, new things she's doing with Sound Choices uh, Coalition. So thank you, Angela, thank you. and we'll see you next time. Thank you for watching. <laughs> This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.